afternoon, everybody. Welcome aboard. It is heading back to the window with Scott and Scott. It is hump day. It's good to be here. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as Scott and I will do our best to help you have the best chance you can to head back to the window and cash those winning tickets. Got a big show today. Of course, we got all of uh, Tuesday's action to uh, recap. A little look at Wednesday's games on the board. We have a very special guest, Scott. For the, I think the first time since we've been doing it live on the YouTubes, we have a uh, a guest that's going to be joining us. Ex big league pitcher Mark Knutson. I'm going to be stopping by. He's pitched in the big leagues for nine years now. Uh, nine years now, a columnist and a radio personality there in Denver. He's going to talk about the Fangio situation as well as the Denver quarterbacking carousel and who he might like to see in both of those positions. So, Scott, how'd your how'd your Tuesday do? Your go. Oh, it went pretty well. I ended up having a play that I winner with the Thunder plus nine and a half. It always feels good when you give out an overnight play and the injury news actually does you a solid. Nice. Because Beal was ruled out, so the line dropped to around six. They covered anyway, so that worked out pretty well. But how was your... Uh, Tuesday. Good, good. I didn't have a, a, a free play of the day, of course, uh, but I did have the uh, couple, the, the two premiums that hit, and that was uh, very good uh, as far as that goes. So yeah, I'm, uh, overall it was a uh, it was a it was a fine day. We uh, we managed to sneak a farm victory out, and I don't know if you can say sneak. They were up what eighteen with like four to go. Yeah, it was it was good. We had uh, the premium side. We had the Mem- Memphis plus the one. They win that one outright against Golden State. And we had the uh, Buffalo Bulls to cover, and they got on their horse late. And uh, the who? The Buffalo. Oh, the Buffalo Bulls. Sorry, Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo okay. Bulls. Yeah. So um, good to see a couple guys out there. James S. Of course, joining us early. T Train in the house. His play is Xavier over Villanova. I don't have action on that. We'll talk about that. But I've got. Uh, it should be a fun game to watch. Of course, uh, Brad Crawford's a great pick on OKC last night. I think that's for you, buddy. Well done. It was. Thank you. And uh, he had the Grizzlies' first half. Put it on here, uh, and I put it on here yesterday. Good. Nice job, James. Way to go. So yeah, we're uh, we're off and rolling. So we're going to uh, kind of keep it crisp today. Have a uh, uh, professional uh, professional show and uh, and kind of get to it and get through our stuff. So. We can uh, have a chance to talk to Mark, so let's do it, Scott. By the way, of course, don't forget, as always, to like and subscribe. If you're watching us there on uh, YouTube or Twitch, and naturally, if you're watching us on Facebook, uh, give us a thumbs up there as well. And, of course, we want you to rate, review. If you're doing the podcast thing, stop by. Anyway, even if you don't listen to the podcast, just stop by, download the, uh, download the show. Give us a rate and review on whatever your podcast platform is. And, of course, listen to our pals Jim Williams and Chris King as they do their show each and every day, Just Parlays, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on all these same stations that cover the Winners and Winners Sports Betting Network. So, with that being said, of course, you guys, we know about the deal we're doing with Caesars, a fantastic opening opportunity. If you haven't bet with Caesars before, they've now entered the market in New York is their latest uh, their latest conquering state for Caesars. And basically, Scott's a fantastic deal. to risk-free bet up to $1,001. Simply make your deposit, put in the code VIDEOWINNERS, whether using the Caesars app or the Caesars website. That is key. 
You put in the code video winners as you set up your account and make that first deposit, and your first bet will be on us. Basically, uh, you can bet up to a thousand and one bucks. If you lose, you get it back. If you win, you win a thousand and one bucks. So that's a good deal too. And of course, make sure it is valid in your state. Void where prohibited, and you must be twenty-one to play. All right, my friend. Let's take a look and see. Who was the happy people last night, and who were the sad people? Who were the winners? Who were the whiners? You know who you are, but now we're going to tell the world. It is time for today's edition of Call the Cops. All right, Scott, let's get it rolling in the NBA. If you had the Nuggets, the Nuggets. Hey, speaking of Denver, if you had the Nuggets on the money line, we'll have to ask Mark what happened to the Nuggets here because they collapsed. Uh, they led by 11, heading into the fourth quarter. That's right where you want to be when you got the money line, and they were outscored mm, by 13 in the fourth quarter. They ended up dropping it by two. Ugh, if you had Nuggets full game on the money line, so sorry. Time to call the cops. And looking at college, the worst beat of the night by far. If you had Valpo and Loyola Chicago under 138.5, you had 110 points after 40 minutes. That's an even number. That's right. They were tied at 55. Then you had 132 after the first overtime. That was close. That's also an even number. No! Tied at 66 (laughs) going into double overtime. Miracle? Game landed 155 after double overtime. So you were good after 40 minutes. You were good after 45 minutes, but you were bad after 50. That's a bad beat. I always say if it goes to 50 minutes, those overs are in trouble. Or the unders are in trouble, rather. And finally, staying in college basketball and uh, staying in the same conference, right? Yeah. If you had uh, Indiana State and Northern Iowa under 151.5, we have a message for you. Stop playing unders in college basketball. Uh, That game landed 144 after regulations cut. (laughs) Oh, wait, I think we've seen this movie before. 72 apiece, and of course, you're liking, well, maybe I get a miracle. It'll be a low-scoring overtime. It was. It just wasn't low-scoring enough as it landed 154. They only put up 10 in overtime, but you still got smoked. Sorry about your Indiana State, Northern Iowa, under 151 and a half. It's time to call the cops. Damn shame. Damn Damn shame. shame. So there was some good news. There was some people that were sitting right where you want to be. Fat and happy, as they say. You know who you are. And now we're going to shed we're going to share your joy with the rest of the world. It's time to sit in the rocking chair. So first one was in basketball if you had the Thunder and the Wizards over two ten and a half. 119 points in the first half, and the game landed 240. And the Thunder rolled. Uh, well, we'll probably get our show canceled just for that right there. Bulls, minus 13 and a half, Scott. No doubt. No Pistons. They led by 31 after the third quarter. No fourth quarter shenanigans. They ended up pulling away. They win by 46. Break up the Bulls. You were in the And looking at the last one, if you had Eastern Michigan, minus nine against Central Michigan. Central Michigan. Not very good, and they showed it again last night. Eastern Michigan led by 15 at the half, and they won by 31. A couple of bad teams in that conference out of Michigan. Central Michigan, no bueno. Western Michigan, also not bueno at all, my friend. They uh, 
they got whomped by Buffalo last night. So, um, I'll catch up real quick here with the uh, with the comments. Um, how do how can we extend you guys a tip for your services? Venmo kind of tipping like a blackjack dealer. Uh, the way I'd explain it, if you want to actually tip me, just hit me up on Twitter, and I can let you know where you can find me. I uh I do it for the I do it for the love of the game. So whatever you I do want. it too. I I don't ask for it. If, if you if you want to, I'll tell them where to find me. If you were ever gonna if you're gonna tip both of us, uh just double up and give it to Rachel. He's a uh, he's a youngster. He he's, he needs that money. So uh, we appreciate that. Thanks. It's very cool. Student debt stuff. I would uh, fun times. I would equate betting unders like landing on zero and double zero roulette. Overtimes are rare, but a zero. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You. You you tip your cap to yourself going you had that you had the game capped correctly, and it just didn't. Uh, it James, just... to answer your question about YouTube taking thirty percent of tipping, I have no idea. I believe that's only if you use super chat where you can tip while we're doing a YouTube live stream. We haven't done that, so I don't really know the answer to that. But once again, if you want to tip either of us, reach out to us on Twitter, and we can we can let you know where to find us if we decide to accept your money. <laughs> that sounds kind of wow nose up in the air much that's gonna bring in those tips nice attitude bud i don't ask for the tips man i mean um i thought you your dad works as a moil right just the tips not quite he works as a lawyer <laughs> oh that's close enough okay fair enough hey scott there was uh we appreciate that guys um you tell me we could have made money doing our live stream the other night i just did four hours for free are you kidding me um killing me Hey, uh, let's take a look and find out who was drinking yesterday, buddy. It was uh, there were some lines out there that were definitely some head scratchers. We've identified one in today's the oddsmakers. Oh, uh, we're drunk. Scott, go ahead and uh, take this one if you would. So, you had a late game in the NBA. We actually talked about it for call the cops on the side with the Nuggets. However, if you had the total, particularly the under. In that game, total was 213 and a half. They put up 69 points in the first half combined. That's not good. That's not good at all. 73. Oof, not good. Uh, not good. Hey, let's uh let's find out. He doesn't he doesn't play all that often. He's hurt a lot. So when he uh when he does something that earns him some praise, we we would like to jump all over this. Let's find out who was today's gambling hero of uh, the day. So the New Orleans Pelicans, it's been sort of a lost season. Zion Williamson, who is apparently turning into uh, a guy that's very unlikely to play this season. His, uh, his running buddy, Brandon Ingram, has had a, a rough season with injuries as well, as it often happens. But Scott, he was on point last night as they uh, were trailing the Timberwolves. 1.3 seconds left on the clock. He drains the game-winning three-pointer, buddy. Brandon Ingram from downtown. Hello. If you had Pelicans plus 130 on the money line, Brandon Ingram is your gambling hero of the day. No question about it. Uh, if you had the Timberwolves on the money line, however, he's probably not your pal. Definitely a high-scoring game. Timberwolves were down by a decent amount, came back. Ingram, very good score. I'm not sure how good of a winning player he actually is, but he gets buckets. All right. Well, very good. Um, it was uh, the Pelicans have any kind of a shot without Williamson. No, but that's a given. I, I thought they would potentially trade Ingram at the deadline because what's the point? 
The fact is, Zion has had several setbacks. You're not even sure if he's going to play this season. If you're the Pelicans, I don't even know why you'd bother rushing him back when your team is so far in the basement of the Western Conference. At what point do you just blow it up? I feel like you kind of have to start considering it. Yeah, T-Train asked a great question. So since the sneaker incident at Duke with the blowout there, uh, when is, is Zion ever not hurt? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, he's Hopefully he'll recover, and taking this season off or most of it, however that works out, will give him an opportunity to start fresh next year and maybe have a long and healthy career because he's still, he's still young. Scott, what is he, 22, 23 tops? I, I never keep track of the age of college of NBA players anymore because instead of coming into the league at 21, 22, they're coming in pretty much 19. Right. So that's why Jason Tatum, for example, is like, by the way, he's 22 or 23. I'm like, hasn't he been in the league for like six years? Yeah, I know. It's, it sounds exactly right. Alvaro Yemenez wants to know about sending us some gift cards. <laughs> I mean, you can, once again, just reach out to we're, me or Scott Steen on Twitter and we can figure like, it out. We're like the uh, we're like the phone scammers that call old people. You need to... Uh, you need to for us to turn your computer back on. We're going to need you to pay us off in Best Buy gift cards because that sounds legit. Do you have Dick's Sporting Goods? Or like a Home <laughs> Depot type of card? Oh, very good. Applebee's. Um, all right, man. Let's uh, let's do this. We've uh, we we talked about it at the top. He's ready to go. He's cooling his heels uh, out in the bullpen, so to speak. Um, this is a very cool guy. I got to know him by doing uh, the show that I do on every every Saturday morning on ESPN 1600 out of Denver, the uh, Clar and company he's to co-host. And I think he'll be, I think he's going to be hosting for three weeks straight. Um, if you're an old Milwaukee's Brewers fan, like I am, you'll know him uh, a good cat. Let's bring him aboard. He is uh he is the one, the only he is Mark Knudsen. Mark, what's going on, bud? Were you guys talking about Zion Williamson or uh, Michael Porter Jr.? Oh my God. What a, that's just, yeah. that's so yeah, kind that's, of parallel. That's our nightmare out here. That's when we live out here. So you guys, it's a uh, it's an interesting time to be out there in Denver. The Nuggets yeah. look good. Avalanche look good. Good. They're a good home team to go see if you buy a ticket there to the Ball Center, right? Yep. Oh yeah, the Avalanche are outstanding, and they were they've been outstanding for three years. Can't seem to get over the hump in the postseason, so they've got some questions to answer. But man, young talent on both sides of the blue line, they're they're really really good. But again, the bar is set so high for them right now. It's kind of Stanley Cup or bust for that organization. I think yeah. the one bet I'm looking into for the Avalanche yeah. now would be McCarr to win the Norris, but that's kind of yeah. just a given because you can argue him or Fox for the Rangers, but McCarr, he has a certain Carlson quality to him back yeah. when he was at Ottawa where he can just score a goal at any mm -hmm. moment, and that's something you don't see from many defensemen. He had the crazy overtime ankle breaker goal from a week or yeah. two ago, but he is a tremendous talent. Hopefully he can stay healthy because with he, McKinnon he's... controlling the forwards and with McCarr controlling the blue line, you got yourself a hell of a core. Well, and you have Sam Girard back there, and you yeah. have Eric mm -hmm. Johnson's playing well back there. And on the other side, I mean, uh, McKinnon's not even having a great year. He's doing, he's having a lot of assists, yeah. but goal scoring wise, he's not having a big year. But um, Gabe Landeskog, Miko Rantanen has been awesome. And um, is Kadri has, been good. Kadri has yeah. probably been their best player. So uh, well, that's why he probably if, lost if, last year because yeah. he got suspended if, in the playoffs if, last year. If Darcy Kemper can step up his game mm -hmm. and play like he played two years ago against the Abs in the play. They ended up sweeping, or not not sweeping, beating the Coyotes in five games, but Kemper was outstanding for the first two or three games of that series, and I think they that lingering memory was why they brought him in, and he's if he can step up, he's been good. He hasn't been Patrick Waugh great, but, and it takes that to win the Cup, so we'll see if he can do that. 
I just hope Kadra doesn't get suspended because it seems to be always oh, the case with him. Kind of, yeah. I, he looks at somebody wrong, he gets a penalty. So, yeah, he's mm -hmm. got a rep and he's going to have to overcome that. So there's the good news about being a, that's the good news, about yeah. being a Denver that's sports good. fan. Yep. Let's uh, talk about the one that's a little more fresh in everybody's mind and, and where you, what direction you think they might be headed. And, of course, that's the Denver Broncos just finally parting yeah. ways with Vic Fangio. Now, Mark, I know from reading a lot of your stuff, you don't really think that solves the problem. You think that's no, just kind of treating the flesh wound and the, and the head is yeah, kind of bad. In fact, one 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 thing um, Mark Kislev never posts on the Saturday morning show. One thing we're going to ask this week is, you got, the Broncos have three issues. They got to find a head coach. They got to find a quarterback, and they got to find an owner. And that process is just finally beginning. And what order do you put those three things in? What's most important? I think head coach is probably third on that list because first of all, you need an owner. You need some stability. You know, you guys in Kansas City have had the, the Hunt family forever, and that, that stability is really valuable. It was really valuable for the Broncos for a long time under Pat Bolin. The last six years have been a nightmare with Joe Ellis pretending to be an owner and uh, grifting this organization for, for, for a salary for six years. Um, it, it's been terrible, just terrible. It's driven, driven him into a ditch, but he's got his paychecks. So what are you um, going to do with GM? Well, I think the GM is the one saving spot at the moment. George Payton's kind of endeared himself around here, had a pretty good draft. Um, Broncos overcame, especially on the defensive side, some injuries, a lot of injuries, especially at linebacker to play pretty well defensively most of the season. So I think George Payton is the one, one thing you can kind of hang your hat on at the moment, at least till a new owner gets in and the new owner can do whatever he wants. But I think I'd put, I'd put new owner at the top of the list. I'd put quarterback too, because seven jobs are open right now. Where's Denver rank on that? If you're the top candidate, one of the top two candidates, is that Denver your ideal choice right now? Cause you don't have Trevor Lawrence. You don't have Derek Carr. You don't have. Even Daniel Jones, for goodness sakes, you don't have any of that here. Right. Um, so what new coach is going to want to take this on? That's a that's a great question. I Are they going to – Denver kind of tends to look for the defensive-minded coaches. Do you think that's something that they're going to continue to do? Or do they all learn their lesson are, with Fangio? All reports are that they're kind of open to this. they got like eight or ten candidates right now. The, uh, Nathaniel Hackett in Green Bay is a candidate. He's definitely an offensive – innovative offensive guy and I think a lot of us would like to see him go that route Dan Quinn is allegedly the favorite but he's got his he's gonna have his pick right he's gonna be able to choose between any number of teams right um you know they're talking about Doug Peterson we're going back to the same old same old if we do this we're just retreading guys but uh, I think a lot of us would like to see something new and different uh, a fresh thought Eric Bieniemy's Eric Bieniemy's name is brought up but he doesn't have a very good reputation really to be honest with you around here I was gonna say well they uh, let him back in the state of Colorado <laughs> Probably not. I mean, not, not to take that job. He didn't have a very good rep here. He didn't do well in Boulder as no. a coach. No, he did not. And and so, and how much responsibility does he get? How much credit does he get for the success of the Chiefs offense? I, he doesn't call the plays, so I'm not so sure that that he's the guy. But uh, they're not allegedly not looking at Brian Flores right now, which kind of surprises me because, you know, he had a pretty good run, and especially the second half in Miami. So was that was that probably kind of, the biggest surprise as far as the the postseason, the post-regular season moves to you was Miami getting rid of I think so. I was Flores. shocked when yeah. they got with him. I mean, Joe Judge was supposedly safe, and then he wasn't, and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, I was advocating that they keep Fangio for another year, or at least part of a year, to get an owner in place, get a quarterback here, and then you make a change at head coach. But, you know, we'll see what they do. I mean, obviously they're going to do – they have lots to do in a short period of time. Who would you like to see just personally? Probably Hackett. Yeah. Or Flores, either one of those two guys would would, would make me have Flores because he has a track record as a, has, as a head coach now. Hackett because if there's a, a wing and a prayer that Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver, I don't think that's going to happen. But if there is, having Hackett here would certainly be to their advantage in that pursuit. Yep, good point. I'm going to look at some of the comments here. 
Uh, is is somebody's talking about Elway drafted a quarterback? Is Elway still what? What's his role with the team right now, Mark? Because I know Ron they scaled him back a little his, bit, right? He just finished his his contract. Um, I this isn't well publicized, but I have this from an extremely good source. He he got a thirty million dollar bonus for completing his contract, Oof. which is really kind of it's kind of fair because he worked for for minimum wage for a number of years for this team. Okay, just out of the, and so he's kind of getting paid back at the end. Um. But these same sources tell me he's kind of tired and ready to walk away. Now, he's mentioned as one of the possible ownership group people, but so is Peyton Manning. Um, so I, don't, I think John is probably going to walk away and just go play golf. Uh, the day-to-day operation doesn't interest him anymore, from what I'm told. How much uh, Peyton of, Manning would be just the opposite. Peyton Manning wants to get his, rolls up, roll up his sleeves and get to work. How much of the blame for the quarterback situation can you lay at Elway's uh, doorstep? This, or, this organization has been around for, what, 60 years? Right. 62 years? Never. Not once have they drafted a franchise quarterback. Not one time in 62 years. Think about that. Or 61 drafts. Not once. He's right, because L.A. was technically traded for That's right, from, from, for from the Baltimore Colts, right? You, you can say that Jay Cutler was, was something, but he, you know, Jay Cutler was mediocre in my mind. Um, Tommy Maddox, Gary Kubiak might be the best quarterback they've ever drafted. They haven't, they've had a black hole in that position forever, no matter who they've, who's been running it, who's been doing the drafting. They've not hit on a quarterback. Well, and, and my... My colleague Woody Page, who I write for Woody's website, thinks they should just keep drafting a quarterback or two in every draft until they get it right. That's probably the only solution. Well, you know, the Chiefs were in the same exact situation until they until they drafted Patrick Mahomes. They'd never yeah. drafted yeah. a big time quarterback. Lynn Dawson, of course, Lynn, came from Lynn a trade. Dawson, that's about it. Yeah, well, he came he came in a he came in a trade from the uh, from the Steelers where he was or the Browns where he was just riding the bench. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Scott, anything? What do you got? Well, I guess the question I'm going to ask for you, first of all, we could talk about the actual coaches. There are some betting lines available. Mm. Dan Quinn's currently the huge favorite at minus 110. Personally, I agree with you. I think he can choose which job he's going to want, and I don't, I'm not sure if there's any value there. Hackett's at plus 400. Uh, Dable's at 7-1. to Bienemy's at 7-1. to uh, I don't see any hope for Bienemy because of the reasons we talked nope. about before. doesn't exactly have a good reputation in nope. Colorado. Do you think there's value on Hackett at four to one if you had to place one bet on who would be the next coach? Yeah, I do because I think there's a groundswell for him. There's there's a lot of people saying, hey, you know what? We really, I mean, Aaron, the whole Aaron Rodgers to Denver thing lit up the airways for a whole summer before the season started, before he said he'd coming back to Green Bay pre- previously. So that is going to get rekindled. There are going people are going to start banging the drum for for Russell Wilson or, or or Aaron Rodgers being a Bronco. That's been the only way the Broncos had had success at that position is going and grabbing somebody else's guy. So along with Aaron Rodgers comes the idea of Hackett. Hmm, yeah, that might help us get Aaron Rodgers. So I think the groundswell is going to be there for him. Okay, and I guess, sorry, Scott, you can go first. if you have. I was just going to ask, do you think there's any chance that Rodgers plays in Denver? No, I personally don't. I mean, if you're, we know Aaron Rodgers is a little, a little out there, but he's on the best team in the league right now. Would you yeah. leave that to go to a team that doesn't have an owner, doesn't have a head coach? I mean, come on, that just doesn't seem realistic to me at all. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I don't really know where Rodgers would go, where he would feel better. Maybe California if he wanted the weather change, but that's pretty much it. But I guess the other thing I want to ask you, since it's a relatively weak quarterback class, let's be real. You have Pickett, and then you have Corral who got injured in the bowl game, but I wasn't really sure where he would be drafted anyway. Denver has a ninth pick right now. They can really go in a variety of directions. Mm -hmm. Do you have any particular hope for what they do with the ninth pick? That hasn't even been talked about much. Um, I, they are going to draft a quarterback from what we're told. I love Kenny Pickett. I voted. I have a Heisman vote, and I voted for Kenny Pickett. I think if Kenny Pickett's quarterback in Alabama the other night, they probably win the game. I, I honestly think he's yeah. better, a much better player than Bryce Young. 
However, um, I was at the Colorado State Nevada game, which really turned out to be kind of an inner squad. If you look Carson at it, Carson Strong now. argument. Yeah, Carson Strong had a was brilliant that day. I mean, he was dropping dimes. He was outstanding, and I was sitting about thirty feet away from George Payton, the Broncos' general manager. Who he? I saw him at a lot of college games this year. He was out scouting during on Saturdays this year, so I give him credit for that. He's sitting about thirty feet to my right, and as Carson Strong was walking off the field at halftime, he, he has a history with the knee, um, and he was he got dinged up a little bit towards the very end of the half. And he's walking off the field, and he's coming right towards the press box. The tunnel's right there. And George Payton is standing, getting ready to leave at halftime, but standing there, staring at Carson Strong, walking the entire length of the field, width of the field, from the sideline to the, to the tunnel, intently watching Carson Strong walk off the field. And he was fine. He wasn't needing need any assistance or anything. So I think the Broncos are going to check him out real cl- closely at the combine and see if he's healthy. And he might be somebody they'd be interested in. Just, again, I, I don't know who else George Payton saw this year that he might be interested in. But I know he's. I know he watched Carson Strong because I sat there and watched him watch. I think Carson. So I think he'll. He'll probably. I mean, I think. I don't know if he'll be around. He wouldn't. You wouldn't spend a seventh pick on Carson Strong, but he may be a, a number, a second round guy. I was going to say, do well, you think you think he drops to the third round? Either one of you guys, or you think he's? A I think. Round? I think it only depends think, on his. I think second. Com- combine. Yeah, that's true too. Combine. Uh, how he, he could be a late out. first round guy. He's got a yeah. cannon, and of course, oh. he has the size. The issue yep. is the lack of mobility that you kind of yep. need for today's quarterback. Yep. I don't want to say he's a stiff. But he's not exactly a guy who can extend many plays in the pocket. So I do think that that's kind of one of the drawbacks. But assuming – I agree with you. I think Pickett's clearly the best quarterback in the class. Yeah. I'm a huge yeah. Kenny Pickett guy. Me but too. assuming Pickett is, let's just say, not available by yeah. the time the Broncos pick and they decide they want to target Carson Strong in the second round. So let's say, mm-hmm. assuming that all works out. Yeah. Is there anybody else you'd want Denver to target with that ninth pick, maybe not quarterback-related? Well, they, they desperately need help with on, on the offensive line. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Melvin Gordon. I hope they bring Melvin Gordon back. That was a pretty effective one-two punch this year with he, he and Williams. But um, he's, he's going to be a free agent, so who knows. But the offensive line was not only banged up, you had COVID issues, but mm-hmm. they just didn't perform, especially in pass protection. They just didn't perform very well. And I don't know. I mean, they gave Garrett Bowles a ton of money to play left tackle. He wasn't very good this year. A lot of holding penalties, a lot of problems there. He had his games where he graded out high, but other games where he's getting run over. Um, they just got so many issues on offense that all seem seemingly all start with the quarterback, but are all interrelated. That I, I see him going offense in the first round, regardless of, of what position it's going to be. Won't be wide receiver, but anywhere else. Very good. I've got a uh, I've got a couple of questions here from the from the comments section. T Train wants to know how about Josh McDaniels, a dark horse? Any interest, <laughs> any, any interest there? Uh, well, Joe Ellis is leaving, thankfully. Um, Joe Ellis was the one who hired Josh McDaniels in 2009, despite reports to the contrary that it was Pat Bowen's decision. It wasn't. Pat Bowen had been suffering the effects of Alzheimer's already by 2009. It wasn't public yet, but Joe Ellis was running things. He fired Mike Shanahan. He hired Josh McDaniels. That was a disaster. I, you know, I've thought Josh McDaniels would be a candidate for some other jobs in the last few years, and he's shied away. He had the episode in Cleveland where he took it, or in Indy, excuse me, where he took it and he didn't. Um, Maybe he's just waiting for Belichick to retire. I don't know. I mean, that's all you can speculate, right? He's, he's in his comfort zone. So, no, I don't think he's a candidate in Denver by any stretch. <laughs> Fair enough. Somebody said if you say Jake Cutler's name three times, he comes back. <laughs> no, nobody <laughs> no, wants yeah. that. Yeah. All right. So the Denver Broncos, the only team in the <laughs> AFC West not participating in the uh, in the postseason. But I know you probably have some favorites out there. Who do you who do you like? Let's let's start and work our way backwards. Who do you, who do you like to uh, who do you like in the Super Bowl and who do you like to win it all? Well, I mean, you got to figure at some point Aaron Rodgers is going to get that second ring, and Green Bay just has looked unstoppable. But they can't seem to get past Tampa, so I don't know 
what's going to happen now NFC again again most of the games I watched this year involved the Broncos the Dallas Cowboys looked hideous against the Broncos the Broncos ran all over them um so I'm not sure about Dallas um but if I had to if someone held a gun to my head I'd probably pick Green Bay to come out of the NFC AFC I, I know I'm, I'm not kissing up Scott the Chiefs look really good to me their defense has gotten so much better in the second half of the season and Mahomes is a big game guy um I, I think the Chiefs are going to come out of the AFC I really do and I know Chiefs and Packers have already played this year when Aaron Rodgers was on his COVID timeout. But um, I, yeah, that's I'd kind of go with the Chiefs and, and the Packers in the Super Bowl. Little, uh, it's the it's the rematch of Super Bowl one that everybody keeps talking yeah. about every year. They're like, yeah. this is the year, and you thought it was yeah. going to be on the 50th anniversary. You thought that was going to be it. So, all right, so let's take a look at the first round games. You got a couple on Saturday. You've got the Raiders, a team I know you got to see twice uh, yep. go against the Bengals, a team you got to see play once against once. Denver. Uh, Bengals five and a half. Raiders coming off that huge, huge win on non-tie on the, the non-tie the non-tie yeah. on uh, yeah. on Sunday night. So is this is this a letdown spot for the Raiders, or does it matter? Are the Bengals just that much better? Well, well, they rolled them the first time they played. Right, the Bengals had their way with them the first time. It was kind of close though, going close in. until late. Right, until late it was. Um, but Joe Burrow is, I think, he, he's a upper echelon, one of the top quarterbacks in football and the Bengals uh, I, I'm gonna go with the Bengals to beat the Raiders for that, right. for that reason by a touchdown yeah I think I think I'm probably with you there um and I know we haven't made our official picks yet but that's I I know I don't know that I'm gonna see much in the next couple of yeah, days to, yeah. to knock me off of that the interesting game the night game there the Bills and the Patriots go at it for the third time there in the uh, AFC East of course the Bills are hosting Got a little, uh, got a little weather coming in for that one. It won't be, may not be awful, but it's going to be a little windy. Going to have a little buffalo moisture in the air. Buffalo Bills minus the four points. I think if both of these teams play their best game, I think Buffalo rolls them up. The question is, can they bring their best game, or is well, Belichick in his head? The, the Pats have kind of gone the wrong direction here late, while the Bills are picking it up. The Bills, boy, middle of the season, they look like they were dead in the water, right? They just couldn't beat anybody when Josh Allen was throwing interceptions to Josh Allen. Uh, it didn't look so good for, for Buffalo, but Josh Allen, kind of a local favorite, went to Wyoming, uh, can certainly handle wind because that's all you get in Wyoming. Right. So I think he'll handle uh, the weather situation just fine. And Belichick is Belichick. It's tough to bet against him, but I think um, momentum and emotion pushes the, the, the Bills in this one. Okay. That's right. just how I go. Scott, how are you leaning on that one? We ever... uh, for that one, I'm going with Buffalo. These teams just played against each other, yeah. and Josh Allen did kind of whatever he wanted the second yeah. time around. I'm not saying that you can totally toss out the first meeting in the garbage, but when both teams can throw and one team attempts three passes or four yeah. passes, I'm tossing yeah. the game out because I don't know what I'm supposed to read from that. Yeah, it was Good funny point. to watch Belichick just impose his will, though. I'm no, not. It was great. I'm not going to throw the, Navy, the football with the Navy face mask where he just gave yeah. away the game plan before the game actually happened. But yes. I just saw these teams play in not great weather, but playable weather. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way: passable weather. And Josh Allen carved him up. And I agree with Mark that I do think current form matters. In New England, they killed Jacksonville. Congratulations, you're not the Colts. But you ended up losing to the Colts on that Saturday game where they did not look good at all. And you did not play well against Buffalo, and then you lost to Miami. So against decent competition, they've really struggled for the last month. Yeah, that has to be be troubling if if you're a Patriots fan. Um, T train says, "Look at the numbers." Is uh, Mac Jones may not throw six six passes in the first half. <laughs> well, they should run it. They have a really good one two punch there with Harrison with Stevenson. But Buffalo's run defense, I get they get a bad rep, 
they're really not as bad as people think they are. It's only because one game where New England ran for 200-whatever yards because they ran the ball 45 times. So yeah. I do think context matters. But do I trust Mac Jones, who struggled, except in garbage time padding some numbers here and there recently, I don't exactly expect him to play that well on the road in Buffalo in his first career playoff game. Fair enough. All right, Mark, heading to the Sunday action. Eagles at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Bucks big-time favorite there. It's uh, it's nine. Eagles, they had their moments. Are you a, are you a Jalen Hurts guy? Do you think he's the answer what, in Philly? He he came in here and looked like, I mean, he made Teddy Bridgewater look like a, a rookie. He, he outplayed Teddy Bridgewater so bad when he came in here. And I like Jalen Hurts when he was at Oklahoma, especially even more than when he was at Alabama. But um, is he going to play? You know, he's been banged up, and I'm not sure he's even going to play. I haven't read up on that, but – um, I mean, you're talking about Tom Brady and Gronkowski, Shaq Barrett's coming back for for Tampa. I I don't see this game even being close. Does anybody? No, I don't. If if again, this is a Tampa Bay team that kind of plays with their food on occasion, yeah. but man, <laughs> when, when they bring it, when they bring it, yeah. they are absolutely yeah. there. It looks like Jalen Hurts is good to go. Miles Sanders is still yeah. questionable, so that's that's a huge thing in the, in that backfield. Yeah. Yep. Scott, can they keep it within nine? I think they can. People are assuming that Tampa's going to roll this team. They played earlier this season. Philly hung in there. They covered this number the first time they played in the season. But even the last year, when Tampa won the Super Bowl, they struggled against Taylor Heineke. It wasn't like they immediately blew past a weaker team in the first round. And I do question, even though Tampa's getting some guys back, they haven't played in a month. Do I think they're going to play really sharp the first time playing in about a month? No. But I do think Tampa's going to win. I'm not picking a shocking upset, but nine points is a lot to lay with a team that has been known for elite run defense, and yet the run defense hasn't been as good as it was earlier in the year. So I do think that Philly can have some success, but do I trust this Tampa team that's still banged up? They might bring back all the guys to play a little bit, but I don't think they're going to have a full workload. I can see a a potential backdoor cover here, but I see Tampa winning by seven. All right. Uh, the afternoon game, Scott, I know this is your team and, and Mark, you were not impressed by the Dallas Cowboys. They're at home laying, uh, three to the Niners, Niners off the mat, a la yes. the, uh, um, um, the undertaker. Like they just, they just, they just <laughs> sat up They're down 17, nothing. And they just sat up and they, they rallied for the first time ever against a, uh, a Rams team that had a halftime lead. Did they bring that momentum into uh, Jerry World, or did the Cowboys uh, show them who's their daddy? Scott, I'll let you go first because I again, I, well, the Dallas Cowboys team I saw play was dreadful. They, the Broncos so, were thir- thirty to nothing, so I, I, they were bad. For me, I'm, I'm a sorry. realistic fan. I'm not going to blindly pat a team on the back for beating a bunch of NFC East teams because they were six and zero against their division, including a fifty-one point outburst against the third and fourth stringers for Philly yep. in the last game of the yep. season. But I like the Niners, plus the points here. I feel like when Mark was breaking down the matchup between the Broncos and the Cowboys, Cowboys were terrible on every side of the ball. But the main area that was noticeable was how easily Denver ran the ball down their throats. And that's the issue I have with this matchup, because even though Dallas's defense kind of peaked in the middle of the season, they really haven't looked great. Minshew moved the ball decently against them. Even Washington moved decently against them in the first meeting. I have question marks about this defense. And when you have one of the best offensive lines in all of football, Elijah Mitchell's been really good. 
Debo Samuel, even as a running back, has been really good. You still have Kittle. You have a lot of guys. The Niners, I think, are talented enough to be a serious dark horse candidate to make a run. Are they going to? If they're not going to, it's because of Jimmy G. Because I'm sure nobody's really thrilled with the prospect of him winning a game for you. You trust him not to lose one. But I'm going to go with the Niners because I do think in the trenches – they have an advantage, and I think that's what matters. Well, that's in, and Bill McDonald weighs in from the comment section saying you can't trust Jimmy G. And that's I think you made that same point, Mark. What do you think? The, well, the idea that the Cowboys would be outmatched in the trenches is really hard to to get your arms around because that's what Dallas has been built on that enormous offensive line, that running game with, with Elliott and all that. So if they're outmatched in the trenches, I'm a big believer that all games are won there, won and lost in the mm-hmm. trenches. I, I I just think if you can't win the line of scrimmage, you can't win the football game. So I. You know, if, if San Francisco can win in the line, at the line of scrimmage, they have a really good chance to win the football game, regardless of the venue and regardless of uh, Dak Prescott. All right, moving on to the Sunday night game, the primetime game. This is the Kansas City Chiefs laying 12-and-a-half to the Steelers. I don't know if you saw the Big Ben quote, the tongue-in-cheek quote from today, Mark, where he said the Steelers have no chance, no chance, so let's just go out and play the game and have some fun. Well, I, what the Steelers have is nothing to lose, right? I mean, they're not, they're supposed, mm-hmm. they weren't even supposed to be here. Um, they got in somehow, some way. I mean, we all thought Ben's Ben's final game was over already. Now he gets another one. So they got, they're going to be playing loose and easy and nothing to lose. And, and Mike Tomlin's a really good football coach to so even get this team into this position. But Kansas City's a cut above. Will they win by two touchdowns? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Scott talks about the backdoor covers. Those are always something you have to be leery of. But, um, again, Pittsburgh is just okay. They're around a 500 team. Kansas City's a cut above. Kansas City should win the game. By double digits, will it be twelve? Uh, that's a question. I, I don't want to have to answer. Yeah, and this these teams played uh, what three three four weeks ago, mm-hmm. and well, it, one team played, the other right. team showed up. It it <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't competitive. That was one of the right, and the score didn't really reflect it. It was it was thirty six ten, but it could have been a lot more than that. And right. Right. the Chiefs just put an absolute beat down on this team. Now, I my theory is you talk about winning in the trenches. Yep. Pittsburgh Steelers have the best defensive player in in the world right now, playing in in TJ, in TJ Watt, pretty much a shoe in to win uh, Defensive Player of the Year. So, you know, he's a disruptor, and you get you get something that goes wrong at the wrong time. You get a fumble, you get a, a scoop and mm-hmm. score, something like that. It can it can turn. We saw what happened in Denver, Mark, with yep. the with the uh, roughing the Absolutely. roughing roughing the punter. It, it completely yep. changed the complexion of that game. Chiefs sure were did. about to get the ball in good field position there, up seven nothing. And Denver could do nothing. Instead, you give a right. team life like that, they go down and, and all of a sudden yeah. you're chasing them. You're behind them. Well, then on the flip side, you saw the scoop and score in that game that flipped things around late. Oh, right. I mean, yeah. you know, the Broncos had a chance to come in there and, and make it even more interesting, and then they had the fumble. So, yeah, you're right. Any little thing can happen, in a play, especially in a playoff game. Yeah, that's a, that's a ton of points for me. I'm, uh, and again, I, I try I try so hard not to be a homer. Sometimes I go back the other direction. But you try I, not to be a homer. I try as far as picking as far as picking points and picking spreads like yeah. that. Yeah, I try very difficult, not very hard, not to let my bias well, who, come you, into play. On the radio with us a few weeks ago, you made you had you picked Kansas City to lose to somebody. I can't remember who that was, and it was it, it was, ended up blowing them out. Probably against the Steelers. It might have been. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> you were in the reverse homer thing. Uh, all right. So and that leaves us with the first ever. Monday night football game as a, uh, a again a threepeat there from the NFC West as the Cardinals travel to SoFi. Have you been to SoFi yet, Mark? I'm not. I'm dying to see that place. It I'm looks not. pretty cool, huh? Uh, yeah. It seems to be, and it seems I mean, to be a good place to go if you want to root for the opposition. You're going to have a lot of well, you're going to have a lot of company. 
if you're a Bronco fan or a Chief fan, anyone who wants the Chargers play, you're going to have you can sit at the 50 yard line for that one. But right. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I'm blown away by all these new stadiums and and I mean, when you can drive by drive by the Vegas Stadium and watch the game on the screen while you're driving down the highway on the big I've screen that. outside, that's that's kooky. But they're all trying to one up one another. I can't imagine what the next stadium is going to look like when they build the next one because I, how, how do you top SoFi or AT and T or I guess one they, I don't know what they spent in Vegas. I think they spent two bill plus in. It was either you know, two or Los three Angeles. billion, from what yeah. I remember. Out, and out. you know what? The, the thing that blows me away, and this I don't want to get too far off track, but the Chargers had a, obviously could have stayed in San Diego had they approved the same tax that the Raiders used to build the one in Vegas, which was a tourism tourism tax. It was on hotels. Right. They weren't even going to tax the residents of San Diego. We're taxing the tourists that come in here, and we're going to build you a new stadium like one of those. And they turned it down. I mean, stay stupid, San Diego. We're just going to add that, an, that, we're that, just, amazing. We're just going to add another zero on the roulette wheel and pay six yeah. to five on blackjack yeah. instead of seven right. to five. So. Yeah. So I mean, they got their stadium in Vegas. They got you know the Chargers are homeless more or less. I mean, we know where they get to play, but they don't have a crowd. So their mistake. That's crazy. Um, the Rams and of course the Rams were complaining <laughs> the last game because they couldn't hear in the second half because the Niners fans were making too much noise. They're a four-point favorite over the Cardinals. Cardinals are a team similar to the Patriots that looked really yeah. good after about week 10 or so, and you're like, wow, yeah. this team really is going to make some noise. And then they've yeah. kind of uh, kind of uh, shit the bed here a little well, bit. Kyler Murray got banged up a little bit, I think. Uh, and I think when you're small, and he's small, um, you're going to get banged up a little easier. You're going to get banged up a little more often. Um, don't know if he's 100% healthy. Does anybody know if he's 100% healthy? Obviously, they're not going to tell us everything, but – um, if he is healthy, he's dynamite. Like he was the being the first half of the season. He was fantastic. Um, and the Cardinals had weapons. Did, did any of us think he was, they were the best team in the league, even when they had the best record in the league? Probably no. not. Right. But are they better than the Rams? It depends what Rams outfit shows up. Cause Stafford has been all over the place and you know, he didn't, you don't know what to expect from Matt Stafford. He hasn't been very good in the postseason. So, um, I don't know. I, I think this one's kind of a coin flip. Yeah, it really depends. So I'm assuming since the coin flip, you like the points then, because you think you yeah. think it could go either way. Oh, absolutely, I would take the points, Scott. Where is, you... I honestly do think it could go either way. Scott, where are you at on that one? You like Cardinals plus four? I I can't back the Cardinals. Uh, I know that they ended up beating the Cowboys, and that game was very close. You had the fake mm-hmm. punt, one-handed catch. The whole game was kind of wild throughout. But I don't like how they've played. Now I do acknowledge James Conner uh, being back is huge because he's been one of the best offensive pieces of that team, probably the most valuable weapon since DeAndre Hopkins went out, and he had two touchdowns in his first game back against Seattle last week. However, they still lost to Seattle, and it wasn't because of the offense. It was because defensively they gave up, what, 37 points, 38 points? Yeah, and that was in a game they had to have, too. That's That yeah. was not impressive. So I have serious concerns about Arizona's defense. Now, the Rams, I know Stafford's been – well, extremely turnover prone, which has yeah. been the story of his entire career. But the defense we know is solid, and they played a Monday Night Football. And the one story that I remember from that game, A, Cooper Cup was wide open almost all the time, which seems <laughs> to be the case every week. How is that I don't know why that happens. But it was also the battle up front. And the Rams' defensive line did a great job of pressuring Kyle Murray. And you mentioned the injury angle with Murray. Maybe he's not as mobile as he was mm-hmm. earlier this season. But if they can't protect Murray... I don't think they got a shot because I think the defense has really fallen apart. They're getting JJ Watt back, whatever that means. I'm not sure how much of an impact he's actually going to have, but he'll take attention away from Chandler Jones. Worst case scenario. I'm going to take the Rams though, because I really don't trust taking the points with a team 
that's been in free fall for the last month and change. That's fair. Fair that's enough. Fair. I mean, I, I'm I'm curious as Devon Miller's impact too, because he honestly he wasn't missed here in Denver. They traded him, and nothing changed really with the defensive performances here. And I don't know that he's been a difference maker in LA. I mean, he's got he's surrounded by a lot lot better talent, obviously, in the Rams defense than he had here. But is he a difference maker for that team? I don't know. He hasn't. He he's hasn't been doing well the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's well. finally started to show up a little bit. But yeah. no, he was a he was a non factor for the first yeah. four six weeks after yeah. after he got traded. So, all right, very good, bud. We appreciate you uh, stopping by, kind of on, kind of on short notice. I'm glad we were able no to put, put that all together and. Uh, Love to have you back. Talk a little, maybe a little March Madness. Talk about that Colorado State team a little bit. Kind of an underrated well, team there. They got their butts handed to them the other day. They deserved it too. Yeah, they, uh, they did. They, were very, they, they had two and a half weeks, three and a half weeks off for COVID. And they looked like a team hadn't played in three and a half weeks. And uh, kind of got to come up in San Diego. But uh, they play again tonight. We'll see if they can get back on track. All right, very good. Mark, uh, what, what do you want to plug? Where can we hear you? Where can we see you? Where can we read your well, stuff? Uh, WoodyPage.com. Uh, Twitter, I didn't put it on here, but it's at Mark Knutson 41. Uh, I got all sorts of different things. I got a podcast I got to record in a few minutes with Craig Thompson, the commissioner of the Mountain West Conference. going to be on my podcast here in a few minutes. That'll be out tomorrow. Very good. All right, buddy. Thanks for, uh, thanks thanks. for stopping by. I'll see you on, okay. uh, see you on Saturday. Right? On Saturday. You got it. Thanks, right. guys. Have a good one, Mark. Bye. Bye. All right. Very good. Good dude. Good dude. Very knowledgeable at all sports because, you know, you think he's a baseball guy. Um, but, yeah, he's, uh, he's very, very well-rounded when it comes to sports. So. All right, Scott. Just one thing left to do here. That's win the whole fucking thing. No, that's a, sorry. I just watched Major League. The other Major night. League. I know. I just watched that again. Uh, let's get to it, buddy. Let's uh, let's find out uh, what it is, everybody. You got your you got your outfits ready. You got your little get ups. Get those overalls on. Strap on your straw hat. Climb aboard that John Deere, kids. Because once again, it is time to bet the farm. All right, very good. Scott, we had a little farm play yesterday. How'd that work out? We had West Virginia, minus two and a half, and they won by 10. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! All right, very good. Scott, we got us a little uh, a little player prop cooked up for today. Tell the world about it. So we're going to look at a matchup between the Celtics and the Pacers in the NBA, and we're going with Jalen Brown. Over six and a half rebounds. A couple reasons why I like this prop. First of all, he's recorded at least seven rebounds in seven of his last eight games. The Celtics, as I mentioned before, are playing the Pacers. They actually just played each other. And Brown in that game recorded 15 rebounds. So I do expect him to do pretty well on the boards once again. We know how bad the Celtics actually are, about 500 as a team. But they need Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to play a bunch of minutes in every game just to even stay competitive. Brown has played at least 34 minutes in each of the last 11 games. He should get a huge workload in this one. And Marcus Smart has been ruled out for this game, and he is averaging roughly four rebounds per game. So you should get a couple more available rebounds. Brown killed them on the glass in the last meeting. Six and a half, way too low for a guy who just grabbed 15. I expect him to be pushing a double-double in the spot. There you go. And that is going to do it for the Bet the Farm play. Jalen Brown, Boston Celtics, over six and a half rebounds. Know it, love it, live it right there, guys. And we appreciate you guys stopping by today, trying something a little bit different. Thanks for hanging out um, with us as we uh, as we talk to our pal Mark Knudsen. And we'll be back tomorrow to do our regular thing and uh, lay down our wisdom, hopefully count another farm. And uh, as always, do our best to help you guys 
head back to the window. You guys have a great day. Good luck on all your plays. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.